You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hello, welcome inside. Final hour today of The Dan Patrick Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Jason Smith and a shirtless Doug Gottlieb hanging out with Aaron Donald and Von Miller, posing, drinking straight from the bottle, getting ready to go to Vegas. It is that baller lifestyle that Doug Gottlieb lives and taking some time out of that to spend time with us talking sports today. Doug, thank you for for taking time out of that because I know, look, it's easy to get lost in that that kind of weekend, but we appreciate you being here and, and, and hanging out with me for a little bit. Doug is speechless for the first time. Maybe no, that's I'm, what not, I'm not speechless. Oh, Intelligence, I, I just, I, I appreciate that. I, I was, you know, I got, I had to put down the bottle of 1942. Oh. By the way, a reminder, intelligence runs in the family. Innovation runs in the family. Extraordinary runs in the family. The 2022 Mercedes-Benz uh, range of SUVs. Every member is waiting to impress. Learn more at MBUSA.com. It's Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Yeah, I just, I just got done partying with Cooper Cup and the boys. And that's okay. what I... I had the Amish beard working. Um, I couldn't decide whether or not I was going to make you a fireplace or catch the game-winning <laughs> touchdown pass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I did have a thought, and I wanted to share it with you, that, that you want to know why it's hard to repeat as a champion in any sport but like the NFL? Did you see Aaron Donald, uh, not last night, the night before, at the Laker game? Mm-hmm. Okay, where was he sitting? Courtside. And what happened when LeBron James made a great move to the basket? Smacked him five. After the yeah. game, LeBron James hugged him. Then he's on late night with James Corden, right? Mm-hmm. And had you ever seen him courtside the Laker game before? No, and I've never seen had him ever- on uh, late, late Show with James Corden either. Correct. He's always, and, and it doesn't mean it goes to your head. It doesn't mean it changes the ferocity by which you try and kill the quarterback because that's what he does for a living. And does. But again, that's, that's on the micro. That's just one guy. All of these guys are viewed and treated differently, right? The, the Rams in LA are not a thing. I'm just, I'm just, and, and it's not just the victory parade. I'm not saying they have no fans. They have fans, right? But between USC has always been a, it's been a bigger thing, okay? And even USC's disastrous season this year brought more attention to USC because who are they going to hire? They hire Lincoln Riley, and all of a sudden that thing appears to be back up and running, right? The Chargers take a little attention. The Cowboys are a more uh, more followed team because they've they've trained here during the times in which the Rams have been gone. They've always trained here, and now and then they've played here the past two years. The opening game in the stadium, both the past two years, right for for each team. So with with all that in mind, they haven't. So you go from Aaron Donald's been the best defensive player in the NFL for the past five years, right? Nick Bosa, T.J. Watt. Those guys are right there in the discussion, but no one would argue that Aaron Donald hasn't been an absolute wrecking force for the Rams. And they've been in L.A., but this is the first time he's being recognized as such. Take down the micro and spread it out to the macro to everybody on that team and how everybody is treated differently. And that's why it's so it's so hard to fathom that they'll come back. And look, it, it was a bunch of plays go a different way. One play here, I mean, look, Tyler Boyd holds on. He has zero drops all year on, on third down. He holds on to that ball. Different outcome. Different outcome. And we can obviously get into the penalties or whatever, but you know, the, the Rams just made plays down the stretch going back to, heck, the Tampa game where they fumble all. They, they, they tried to give it away with all the fumbles. And Tampa blows the coverage. And Cooper Cup and Matt Stafford make them pay. But again, this is like one play away. And now you think of 
how your life changes, how people treat you differently. And then you factor in how the, the, the game of inches that is all sports, but especially football and one play can change it. The likelihood of them being back where they are this year is so remote. Yeah, but that's baseball, Doug. Yeah, that's, <laughs> 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 that's baseball. Uh, look, normally I would agree. And I would say yes, because we haven't seen a repeat champion. You're going back to 2004, 2005. It's been a long time. But the one thing that the Rams aren't getting enough credit for is being able to shut out all the controversy going forward. And this gets to why I think they, they can have a really good chance of getting back to the Super Bowl. Because it, it, when you play in a big market, normally a fair share of controversy comes with it, whether you're the Lakers, who are always seem to be riddled in controversy, the Dodgers, even in smaller markets. Tampa Bay had all kinds of controversy. Antonio Brown quits in the middle of the game and the and the, and the Bucks are really never the same. Aaron Rodgers is enveloped in controversy all the time. But you look at the big market teams in New York, there's always something. And because the Rams here in Los Angeles, I mean, this is, okay, there should have been stuff. There were injuries, but you know what? They overcame them all. It was no big deal. When Cam Akers gets hurt, doesn't matter. We're still going to run the football. We're bringing in Odell Beckham Jr. Robert Woods is hurt. Doesn't matter. Odell Beckham plays pretty great up until he gets hurt at the end. And the fact that when they were going through the tough times, there was... No fracturing of the team. There was no so-and-so was saying this to the media and so-and-so. These are the whispers about Matthew Stafford behind but, the scenes but, when but, he had but that the bad media doesn't follow, run. But, 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 Jay, the media doesn't follow them. They're not a thing. They're just they're, not. They're, and they're that changes like, when you've won a Super Bowl. Now, no, listen, think about it. Matt Stafford. Had we ever had a Matt Stafford Hall of Fame discussion in the history of National Sports Radio before this week? No, we have not. Okay. Have we have, have has everyone had some level of it this week? Yes, there's been some kind of discussion with it. Yes. Okay. So the idea is again, I, I'm a, I agree with you. I, I agree with you. Like it wasn't like Cleveland with the OBJ thing. OBJ came here, and you know Robert Woods happened to go down like that same weekend, and it took him a couple weeks to figure it out. But nobody really like follows. It's not that it changes when you win a Super Bowl. Now every all of the things that you do get magnified positively and negatively. I see that, but I look I look at the Rams as like the Nets are in the NBA, right? Where the Nets are a big national story, but in New York, okay, they're always going to be behind the Knicks, and they're going to be behind the Yankees, and they're going to be behind uh, the Giants. They're going to be like they're always going to be there, but nationally, they're a big story. It's KD and it's Kyrie, and it was James Harden for a while. Now it's going to be Ben Simmons. Uh, the same kind of thing with the Rams. Rams are a big national story. They were good plan, but in Los Angeles, they're not in the forefront of of the teams that are, people pay the most attention to. Now, part of that plays into, hey, it is a little bit easier when that happens. But still, big things with the Rams would get covered nationally. There, there would be Jay Glazer or Adam Schefter bring, hey, Rams have lost confidence in Matthew Stafford. And they're looking at and maybe John Walford starts a quarterback this week. Or something like that would have gotten out. But there was no level of that. And, and they were able to, to go through that part of this, uh, the season unencumbered and go, okay, when something comes up, we fix it. They got strong leadership in the front office. They got strong leadership at head coach. They got strong leaders on the team and so when you take that out of the equation that helps but more so than that I don't see a team Doug in the NFC that I say right now boy this is who the Rams really have to worry about for next year 
I don't see it. There's good teams. All the great teams and the great quarterbacks are now in the AFC and all the young quarterbacks coming up that can end your season on a moment's notice. There's a lot of guys there. In the NFC now, there's a lot of unknown. Aaron Rodgers, is he going to be with the Packers? Can you even trust the Packers in the playoffs anymore? Is Russell Wilson going to stay with the Seahawks? Kyler Murray's situation is insane with the Cardinals. Suddenly, he's unhappy. Uh, the entire NFC South is up for grabs. And in, in the NFC East, okay, the Cowboys are good, but the Cowboys can't get out of their own way. They, they they, they can't snap the ball and down it when, when, when they really need to at the end. There's always going to be something with them. So I don't look at the Rams so much as I say, okay, they stayed on the path, they have good leadership, and now look at the, where the teams sit right now in the NFC. I, I don't see anybody where I go, boy, I'll tell you, that's the team next year. That's well, the team they got to worry about. You could say, let's worry about the 49ers. When it came down to it, they beat the 49ers. And now they're going to have a change of quarterback. Maybe Trey Lance is great, and suddenly it's the new era of the 49ers. Maybe Trey Lance isn't any good, and, and they're a 500 team or less and, and the Niners are going boy do we really miss on getting this guy I just don't see anybody that worries them right now yeah I mean I, I look I think the Packers are better than them um, I think I'm, I'm interested in what the Niners look like with Trey Lance and and I'm interested in 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 what uh, what changes in Seattle and there there will be a quarterback or two move to the NFC you one would one would think but I if that's the if the point is it, this is this is your point and you tell me if I'm wrong it's I don't love the Rams, but there's nobody else I, I, I like enough to, to, to say unequivocally they'll be better, right? I mean, that's, yeah, it's, that, yeah, that's it's hard for are. me to say they're better because I, I like the Rams to a certain extent, right? The Rams are real. They're, they're at a high level. Are they at the highest of the high level? No, and normally that's what happens. Team, teams get passed that way. I just don't see it. You know, it, it, it's kind of like it's kind of like the NFL draft. Some years there's a great run. OK, what quarterback is going to be taken number one overall? Because there's so many good players and somebody goes number one and somebody goes number two and somebody goes number three. And then there's years like this year where there's boy, there's no quarterbacks and we're debating who goes one, two. And, you know, it's still going to be a first round pick. And there's still someone's still going to be taken number one, number two, number three. But it's not clearly the number one, number two, number three of years past. Because as good as Aiden Hutchinson might be, he's not going to have an impact on the game like Joe Burrow. So it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, the, the competition is, is where, you know, that's a great equalizer. And, and that level is just not there in the NFC. Um, we do have a bit of breaking news, which I, I think is, I think um, we, we should get to. It is regarding football, but more college football. This is from Bill Hancock, um, who, who's the, what, the executive director of the college football playoff. Uh, the board of managers has accepted the recommendation of the management committee to continue the current four team playoff for the next four years as called for in the CFP's original 12 year plan. At the same time, the board expects the management committee to continue discussions on how a new format would go into effect for the 2026, 2027 season. So again, in summation, if you thought that there would be an expansion in the playoffs before the new for, uh, for the next four years, you sir are mistaken. They're sticking with this plan for the next four years. You know, and, and this is this is a story that always baffles me that this is how it gets forward because it seems everybody else wants an expanded playoff, right? It's better for everybody, right? There's more money to be made for everybody. There's more money in it for the teams, for the games, for the networks, for everyone. And yet it comes to it and the college football playoff committee always seems to poo-poo it and say, ah, no, we're going to go with these four teams right now. Now, the SEC is going to be happy. They're going to have two teams in it every year like they normally do. But it, it baffles me that, that this, is what, this is what 
is able to be decided because college football is the main decisions are made by big time power brokers and individual conference uh, commissioners who, who make the decision. This is how we're going to go forward. And I, I don't get it where, where the rest of an expanded playoff would be the best thing for the sport, right? Expanded playoff was way better for Major League Baseball, and now they're talking about it because, hey, this is part of more money for the well, players, well, more well, money for the owners. I, I, just don't, I just don't get that how th- this is uh, not that what everybody seems to want that would help everybody, yet nope, nope, we've studied it and we're staying at four teams. Well, I, I'll, give you the, I'll give you the downside to it, right? Okay, so look, I understand that bowl games – especially the non-New Year's bowl games, right? The, the early bowl games, to many people, they're like the Winter Olympics. People don't care nearly as much. Um, but you have to factor in that if you go to a 12-team playoff or any expanded playoff, those bowl games are going to go away. They just are. Or if you think they're not important now, like, yikes, it'll be really, really, really hard, right? Um, and those are valuable, not just in fundraising, but also like, look, half the teams that play in bowl games go home with a win. They feel good about themselves. Even the teams that go home with a loss, yeah, everybody goes on a trip. It's, it's there's there's bonding to it. There's a celebra- celebratory aspect to it. Like it's a little bit better than you think. Right, so that that's that's the first thing. The second thing is, if you continue to expand to a playoff, you add a third round to the playoffs. Now you're talking about sixteen games. Right. And one, you're going to have you're going to have major players injured for the actual championship game. The more games, the more likely there is to be injured. And the more games, the more likely to be injured. That That's going to hurt you in terms of the product, but also hurt you in terms of the players themselves and and what their own futures look like. That That's absolutely an aspect to it. Um, and then I think the last thing is the SEC acting uh, in their own best interest. You know, getting Oklahoma and Texas, that's what screwed this whole thing up. You know, that, that, that's what screwed this whole thing up. Is that now no one, they, they barely trusted each other to begin with. But now you got ESPN who owns the bowl games trying to hold on to the college football playoff. Right. And they own the SEC network. So they obviously push for this. So they have better games. We have the other conferences like, well, why would I expand so they can get four teams in? Why would I do that? You know, yeah, yeah, there'll be more money for them, not for us. So we'll have our teams playing in bowl games that will now all those New Year's six, whichever ones go away, they're gone. They're no importance. So th- there's a uh, there's unintended consequences, some that are known, many that are unknown. And right now, basically, you have a plus one. And, and even then, like it's the, the more rounds you have, the harder it is to have attendance. It sounds like people are just going to spend, spend, spend. But I mean, think about it. if you're if you're an Alabama or you're a Georgia fan. I mean, this year Alabama fans they didn't travel nearly the same because every year. So okay, you're going to give us maybe a home playoff game, then we got to go to a semifinal, then we got to go to a final. Like that's a lot of money, so, and it's a lot of travel. So I there there are a lot of parts to it which are more negative than just us as fans going, hey, why don't they have a playoff? They should have had a playoff a long time ago. Well, look, there's a lot of bowl games that could go away, right? You see sponsors change every year because it's a losing proposition. Boy, we lost a lot of money because nobody traveled. Nobody, nobody came to come see Utah State play Oregon. 
So we're, we're kind of screwed there. Uh, attendance, yeah, that's a thing. But really, television trumps attendance. And, and if you're talking about a bowl game where you're taking some bowl games away, and you, you might not have to. You might not have to lose a lot of them. But, hey, if you lose a New Year's Six game, but instead of a New Year's Six game, you get Georgia and Michigan State or Alabama and Oklahoma in an extra game, yeah, I think that's worthwhile. I think the networks are going to spend a lot more money on it. I think it's going to wind up helping out a lot more conferences because you're going to wind up getting more teams in. You know, you look at the, the, the way the top eight, finish this year was SEC, SEC, Big Ten, Cincinnati out of the Power Five. You had Big 12, Big 12, Big 12, Notre Dame, Big Ten, Oklahoma, Big 12. You would still get teams out of the conferences that would be able to represent it. I mean, you'd have to ex- expand this playoff to at least eight teams, but I think what you would be getting in in in, in addition to or in, in place of what you're what you're losing would be a lot better. You know, and, I, I, and, and, I don't, and, I, I don't, I don't. Look, college, and, and I think like I've always thought six is the six is the right number, maybe eight is the max, because what you want is the beauty to college football is okay, that the games more games matter. Right? More games matter. Look, I love college basketball. Right? But it, it and and they all mattered when I played them, and I think they matter to the players and the coaches, but to fans, it's really, really hard to see Oregon State go ten and ten in conference play, and then go to Elite Eight, or UCLA and how they how they finished last year, and they go they're one shot away from going to a national championship game, right? And whereas you know in in college football, your games do matter, and the more you expand, the more you water down the importance of conference play. To me, it 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 is paramount that you grant immediate admission to anybody who wins a power five league, those leagues, you win it. That's how you value their conference play. That's how you get those games to matter. And then the number of at large spots, that's how you determine how valuable those spots really are. And, and once you get past six, now you're watering it down. You get to 12 and now you're saying it's going to be all sec teams that, uh, you know, mostly sec teams. That's the, the, the likelihood of, of how it'll end up playing out. Twitter at How About a Fresca, Doug at Gottlieb Show. Again, the breaking news a few minutes ago, Bill Hancock, executive director of the college football playoff, says we're going to have the college football playoff as is for at least the next few years. They will continue a new format that could go into effect at the earliest 2026. 2027. More on this story as it is developing. But coming up next, it's the NBA at the break as we get set for all-star weekend we got big time injury news involving anthony davis and others keep it right here that's next jason and doug this is fox sports radio be sure to catch the live edition of the dan patrick show weekdays at 9 a.m eastern 6 a.m pacific on fox sports radio and the iheart radio app It's the Dan Patrick Show. Jason Smith and Doug Gottlieb in for Dan and the Dennis. Although you and I would do a great show together, Doug, the two of us. I mean, we, we do great stuff here together. You and I do a great show together every day. So you're trying to recruit me to be on the Jason Smith Show? I am. I'm trying. I, yeah, I, I don't have a lot of uh, things to <laughs> offer you, um, but I, I can just have, you know, a few things like, hey, we'll have sandwiches. Wow, like that's Harman, Harman's coming at me on Twitter the way that Acho came at me on. Uh, <laughs> Harman's coming after you on Twitter the way Acho came at me on, on Twitter yeah, last night. Uh, you want to get into that a little bit in a few minutes, or uh, sure. how do you feel about that? All sure, right, very whatever. good. Whatever. All right, so uh, yeah, that that's a, that's a Twitter beef that is really, really eye-opening. Uh, but right now, joining us now on the hotline, Fox Sports 1 analyst, Pac-12 Networks, Eddie House. He's on Twitter, at Eddie House underscore 50. Eddie, happy All-Star break. How are you? Uh, how you guys doing, man? 
Uh, not I know I know Jalen. They lost last night, but I mean I don't know. If, have you been paying attention to this one, Jace? His son Jalen transferred from Arizona State to New Mexico, and Richard Bertino Jr. is kind of rebuilding New Mexico. They his son and Jamal Mashburn's son have been killing it, killing it. And I'm like, look, there's a bunch of things to get into, but a lot of it, Eddie, is about like maintaining your confidence, isn't it? Like that's you had unbreakable belief in self and your son has kind of regained that at New Mexico. Yeah, he has. Well, you know, when your coach believes in you and, and and basically tells you what he wants from you and he allows you to do those things and sort of kind of play through mistakes because we know the game of basketball is a mistake game. You're going to make mistakes, but you got to be able to play through them and have an opportunity to be yourself and play your game. And he wasn't given that opportunity at Arizona State, and, and Coach Patino is has, has given him uh, all of the opportunity to play. And I mean, he feels free, and it, it's I, I'm happy for him that he's able to start enjoying basketball again. Because when you're not enjoying basketball, you, you've probably been there before. It's the hardest thing to do when you're not having fun playing the game. I'll tell you, Eddie, I wish I had talked to you before this because over the holidays we went to New Mexico and I wanted to get a tour of the pit. I always wanted to see it and, and, and hear about all the, the different reasons why it's so loud. And it was closed and I couldn't get in. You could have got me in, Eddie. You could have got me in. I, I could have pulled some strings, man. Next time, hit us up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, with the NBA here, all-star break. Joel Embiid goes off last night. Big game against Giannis. Who's your MVP right now? Oh, man. Um, yeah, I, I think I think we've seen two of the candidates last night between Giannis and Embiid, but you got to also put Jokic in the, in the conversation. Um, you see what Jokic is doing with his team depleted. He still has his team in the playoffs. Um you know, they're at the top of the standings, but they're definitely not at the bottom. They're right there in the thick of things in the middle. And if you look at what he's been able to do with, I think, with less, you know, with no Jamal Murray out there, I mean, that's a big part of their team. And he's been able to carry them when they got the win over the uh, Golden State Warriors a couple nights ago um, off of his pass. It's not just his scoring ability. It's his passing ability, um, him pushing the floor, setting guys up. I think those three guys, and what's ironic about it, right, is, we all said the big people said the big man is dead, and you got three guys that are big men that are leading to me uh, the MVP race. Yeah, no, it's it, it is interesting on how the reemergence of the center specifically has taken place over the past couple of years. While we're so, we we've been so caught up with the three point shots and 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 how guards we thought we we thought took over the game. Um, who do you side with in the Durant Harden kind of divorce beef well i'm not gonna side with anybody i think at the end of the day we know what, what what james is what his ability to play is never in question same thing with kd but both of them can get sick of a situation very quickly um kd with the situation with the warriors um and We've seen it twice now already with, with James. If uh, They're not happy. And, and I think that's the one thing about it is these guys that are the superstars um, and you are facing the franchise and franchise players, they have the power to make these moves. And, you know, people are in an uproar like, oh, man, what, what, is gonna, what, is, what is the league going to do? The collective bargain is coming up. These owners are going to – well, it's only a handful of guys that can pull that type of power move. And they'll be able to still pull those type of power moves because they're getting that type of money. Um, a role player would never be able to say, I'm unhappy and I want to get up out of here. Oh, if you did that, trust me, you'll, be, you'll get up out of here, but out of the league, okay? So it's just two <laughs> different dynamics. 
And, um, you know, I, I think it, it worked out for both for, for both parties. And I, I also think it worked out for both teams. But I, I think Brooklyn got the better end of that. You know, they got uh, a rebounder. They got a, a floor spacer. They got a young guy in his prime that uh, he's going to defer. He's not looking to get shots. He's looking to get guys shots. Instantly he can help because he can rebound. He's 6'10", and he plays defense. They got better defensively. And then you pick up two first-round uh, draft picks. Not that you need to draft somebody and, and hit a home run, but those are assets if you want to pick up another vet that can help you win a championship because their window is open now. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I, 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 I like the move. I like the move sub- substantially. Is – can can the Lakers be competitive in the playoffs if they can get healthy in time? Well, you got LeBron James, so you're going to be competitive. Now, uh, does, is that going to equate to you winning? I, I, I don't think so. I just don't think if you look at their roster, the way it's constructed, I don't think that they have enough top to bottom. And look at the top of the West, okay? They're, I don't think they're going to be able to beat Phoenix. I don't care if they're healthy or not. I don't think they're going to be able to beat Golden State. I don't care if they're healthy or not. Memphis, they could probably give Memphis a run for their money, but what do the Lakers have a problem doing? That's guarding the perimeter, right? And you're going to have an issue with John Morant. He's going to stay on the attack. It's going to be tough to beat them. LeBron is going to have to put the team on his back and do what LeBron does. It's not out of the realm of things, but, you know, he is getting long in the two. But we, we don't see it in his play, but at the same time, you don't want to keep he – he's going to have to play heavy minutes for them to even stay in contention to be in a playoff game or move up in the standing. So he's going to have to log heavy minutes coming up after this All-Star break. So I just don't see it. I, I, I did not like the, the Russell Westbrook move. I did not think that that was a good fit. But really, that's not the problem with the Lakers. The Lakers is – the problem is health, number one. And Anthony Davis to me. Anthony Davis just – you know, he was on a streak there of like 30 – like four straight games with 30 points then – Giannis came in, they got smacked. Then he plays a couple nights later, Nurkic outplays him. And there's just no way that Nurkic is supposed to outplay Anthony Davis. Anytime, anywhere, I don't care what is happening, that's not supposed to happen. And to me, Anthony Davis is the main reason why, because he's uh, he's not available and he's been consistently inconsistent. And and to me, that's the reason why the Lakers are struggling, because they definitely rely heavily on him to be there, to be at least in the game for them so they can have a rim protector, another guy that can score. He's supposed to be the number two guy. He's just not been there for him. Eddie, the Western Conference, really top-heavy. You know, we spent a lot of time talking about the Suns and the Warriors. You go to the East now, and you have six teams with the Celtics' recent hot streak, all within four games of the top. Who's the best team in the Eastern Conference? I, I got to go with Milwaukee. I know they, uh, they, they didn't get the win last night, but I like Milwaukee. I, we know Miami is... You know, all well coach, always going to be right there. Philly's going to make their push. But I, Milwaukee, when they get healthy, I think uh, when Serge Ibaka gets all the way acclimated with everything that um, that they need him to do, I, I just think that Giannis is still the, one of the best players. Uh, arguably, you could say the best player in the league if you want to. I mean, you can make an argument for that. I, just, I don't like discrediting these guys I think that they've uh, earned the right to have the respect when Connington comes back that's going to help them a lot uh I, I like Milwaukee a lot I think they're going to be a tough out and, and Giannis is just something about him he is just a he's a he's a straight beast I mean for real when he when he puts his mind to something like last night a couple times you know Tobias Harris daring him to shoot and he makes those shots that's what's going to make him that makes him so dangerous because now you can't just give him the three because he's going to knock it down 
Now, if you start getting close to him, he can get by you. He's extremely strong. I, I like Milwaukee, but you, you're right. The, the West is top-heavy. It's almost totally shifted. When the West used to be the conference, the Eastern Conference right now, to me, is the best conference in basketball. You, you, it, it, it's a lot of parity in there. And, and you spoke about the Celtics. They were on a hot streak. They ended up losing to Detroit. They're going to be a tough out. So, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for this last little uh, couple months, this playoff push to see where guys are going to, uh, teams are going to end up. And I think the playoffs is going to be amazing. Yeah, we don't even know if Jamal Murray's going to be back, what, what he looks like when he returns. That, that could be a difference maker in, uh, in, in Denver. Of course, Golden State, as, as they continue to get healthy and evolve. Eddie, great stuff. Uh, make sure you tell Jalen congrats. I've been paying attention. He's having an awesome year. And thanks for being our guest on the Dan Patrick Show. No problem. Thanks for having me, and I will tell him that. All right. Uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty cool. You know, like, he was, he was at Arizona State, and they just had too many guards. And all those guys left. And, um, and, and look, if we're honest, New Mexico is, is down a level from the, from the Pac-12, considering where New Mexico is currently, right, and trying to be rebuilt. But gone somewhere, gotten a great opportunity, and having a fantastic uh, end of, uh, of the season. He definitely could have given you a tour, tour of the pit. You oh, never, you never. That's a great. That's a great place. It's. I yeah. I, I that was one of when we went. We two places we wanted to go. We wanted to go to the Breaking Bad house, right, to see where you know Walter White was. Sure. And I said I got to go to the pit. And my wife was like, Okay, sure. And I'm, we're driving. And it's like you know typical. It, it, it's such a it's such a, a cliche moment. We're driving. I'm going. And here's when they built the pit and the architecture did this. And this is why it's so loud because you walk in and you see you know you actually go down when you come in. And my family's like, Yeah, we're gonna drop you off. We're going to drop you off and we're going to go and then we'll come back and pick you up. Like, yeah, 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 great. And I get there. It was closed. The entire pit was closed. I'm like, there's nobody here. There's not get one in? person here. No, could, I couldn't get when, in. When was it? Was it was like COVID? Was everything shut down? When was this? It was, it was over. It was after Christmas. So we went. It was actually You couldn't during, get in? No, there was nobody. Doug, there wasn't anybody there. there there's it always the somebody. There's always closed. somebody there. I, I was not I will on text the door. you. I will text you off air. There's <laughs> you were trying like at the main entrance. That's the problem. Like don't go I went, to the main no, entrance. No, I went all the way around. I went main entrance. I went the backside. I'm knocking. I'm not. Nobody. You I'm went like to the Davalo Center. The, 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 the you went to the Davalo Center where the basketball. That's the the basketball center is attached to it. What's unique about that building is not just dug into the ground. Lots of buildings are dug into the ground. You're you're at a mile high altitude. What and they redid it. I don't know. It feels like a decade ago, and they they took out some seats and put in and redid boxes it's awesome so it's not huge it's like fourteen thousand, i think what's what's amazing about it is they're the pro team of not just albuquerque but kind of the state New mexico state's a tremendous program but they're the team in the state and when you go to these college campuses one of the reasons you want the students to be like i saw uconn uconn is back right like danny's got it roll danny hurley's got it rolling and the students are back and they were on campus in gamble a couple nights ago and that place and I'm like, you got to move the students down to the right on the sideline. And the reason is the students are into the game, right? The difference in that place specifically is I've never seen old people, they blue hairs, crazier than in Albuquerque, New Mexico. <laughs> like the students are like, whoa, hey, granny, granny, that chant, it's a little bit too, like they are into it when they're good <laughs> when 2013 when that was Alford's last year and I think they won the league three years in a row whatever that was the that was the best environment you know I, I played in a great environment I'm going to Duke tomorrow I mean those are those are the best environments in sports not just in basketball college basketball in sports where I mean it's just a hum and a buzz 
even when you're warming up, it's a, it is a, it, it's definitely on the bucket list. You should go. I'd say by next year, the following year, Patino will have that thing where they're competitive at the top of the league. You go when, when San Diego State comes in town. Hopefully, I think UNLV will be back by then. Even the Wyoming's of the world, it's a, those are, it's a great place to watch a game. Oh, I'd. L- I'd love to hear some of that uh, at the. And I thought just getting cursed out by the woman who owned the Breaking Bad house was going to be my highlight of the trip. No, no. There's a guy named Snake who he may have been an extra in Breaking Bad. There's okay. a dude named Snake. He's a and and Snake is a he's a he he's a he's a awesome dude. You meet Snake. Snake will show you the ropes. <laughs> so I go and knock on the back door and say, yeah, we're Snake. "I'm looking for Snake." That that's not going to end well. I can already tell that's not going to end well. Correct. Snake is here for you. Uh, the Dan Patrick Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Jason Smith and Doug Gottlieb in for Dan and the Dan. That's Twitter at How About a Fresca. Doug at Gottlieb Show. Coming up next, uh, we're going to address what's been going on the last 24 hours with Doug and Emmanuel Acho. It has been something on social media. That's next right here, Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Fox Sports Radio, the Dan Patrick Show. Jason Smith, Doug Gottlieb in for Dan and the Danettes today. And if I can tell you a couple things about Twitter, number one, the biggest controversy of the day is going to be the latest word on Wordle because no, nobody is happy about this, and I can't say I blame them. Uh, Doug, you uh, a Wordle guy? Do you uh, do Wordle? I, yeah. Yeah, I got it. I, I, I got it. I, uh, I think it was, it was four, four moves. Oh, I got it in four, too, but there's yeah. already everybody in my house is upset because it could have been seven different words. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's part of the game. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was it 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 was it was good. It was a hard one, but it was my my working. Uh, I, I will never solve it. I don't believe on the first or second line, but I think I'm I'm protecting myself against ever not getting shut out. That that's my thought on Wordle. All right, yeah, because when you get you got to keep that streak going. I always get to a point where I got to keep it. Even if I get it in six, I got to keep the streak going. I can't miss. Mm-hmm. That's a big. It's, it's like it's like being undefeated during the season and losing in the NCAA tournament. I can't do it. Can't, can't do I can't, it. I can't, can't put that loss on me there. And you can't do it. The Dan Patrick Show is brought to you by Mercedes-Benz. Intelligence runs in the family. Innovation runs in the family. Extraordinary runs in the family. The 2022 Mercedes-Benz range of SUVs. Every member is waiting to impress. Learn more at MBUSA.com. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Now, the other thing on Twitter, we, we alluded to it a little bit ago. Uh, you and Emmanuel Acho have been back and forth in the last 24 hours, and, and it has been eye-opening even for something on Twitter with guys disagreeing yeah. about sports. And I, I, I can't tell you how many people last night on my show were like, hey, are you going to talk about this tonight in your show? I said, I think I'll talk about it tomorrow with Doug Gottlieb. So I, th- this is, re- I mean, I, I really, it, I'm, I'm following this going, I can't believe what's going back and forth. Well, I mean, like, look, I'll, I just thought, so I, I don't even know him. Like, I don't, I don't know him. I mean, he, he started working for Fox and his show's on when my radio show's on. So I don't, I don't know or have any previous to him coming at me on Twitter. I have no issue with Emmanuel Acho or his brother, Sam Acho, in regards to as human beings. Sam was on, um, on ESPN on first take and he did his top five quarterbacks and his order was Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, and Joe Burrow, which I proposed 
Uh, a couple of things. One, maybe you call the show Last Take. Not really sure. Last Take. And I'm sure it's in regards to this. And I believe this. If you don't have Pat Mahomes when you're five best quarterbacks in football, you probably shouldn't talk about football for a living or to friends or to strangers. Right. And I, I mean, like, look, I just I, I have a couple friends that are general managers or director of player personnel, and they would they would absolutely positively scoff, laugh. And they I, one of them has one of these players as their quarterback. And they're like, if you could <laughs> trade, they would go like, yeah, I take Pat, Pat Mahomes. Right. So. But but this is all in regards to a take. Right. Just a take. It's a bad take. And and it's a really bad one because that's one of those you're on ESPN. They send you an email in the morning and then you send them a list back and then they send you back. Like, are you sure you, you know, you're missing Mahomes on this thing. Yeah, I'm sure. So you thought about it, rethought about it and then said it on national TV and then it's put on on social media and it lives forever. But Emmanuel just like went personal said, I'm a, what am I? I'm a backup. And that made fun of the fact that we fill in for for Dan or Colin or whatever, and then I'm a backup on TV. Like, okay, or as a backup in sports, which you know he just went super super personal, which I find ironic because he was a backup in the NFL, and you know he came up through Longhorn Network as all of us kind of come up from somewhere. I've had a TV show, I've done the Final Four. I've, I'm pretty proud of what I've been able to like just uh, surviving in our profession for 20 years, like. I was a good, not, not, not incredible college basketball player. Played a little bit professionally, made a career of it. Like I don't, I don't really even know what you're talking trash about. Uh, just that you're mad that I came at your brother's horrific take, and he clearly doesn't like something about me, and so he made it super personal. And so I just said that he's a he's a D word, and he just exposed it for the whole world to see. You know, and that's the thing is is that. This was sports. Like, I remember when you came at me a few years ago and I said, you know, I think Steph Curry's a little bit overrated. And I remember you tweeted, license to talk basketball revoked, right? And you and I went back and forth. And look, here's where we are because we're talking about sports. Okay, this is not something that, hey, you know, I think Doug Gottlieb's a bad husband. And here's, here's, here's reasons why I have. Like, I know all these. Doug Gottlieb's a bad dad. This is a sports take. This was strictly about sports. Hey, hey, you know what? How, how dare you? This is nothing. You had, worse wait, than you had one. Wait, wait, wait. You had one. I came at you pretty. Was it? Wasn't Steph? Was it Steph Curry? You had one. I want to say earlier this year where I was like, Jason, that's the worst take I've ever heard. Oh yeah, and no, it, it was no, it was it was Steph Curry. It was about it was about how can you vote Steph Curry MVP this year when it's about the other players, you know, them all taking a step up. I was on your show right. about it. We talked. Oh, about that's it. right. That's yeah, we right. talked right. about it. Which right? Yeah. It's a sports debate, right? Like yeah. you, you go back and forth about. It's like, did you know Rob Parker blocked me? I I did hear that. Yes, the the Matthew Stafford thing has been uh, has been a big deal the last few days. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, I, he blocked me because, but but he and he's been on. We've co-hosted Dan Patrick before, where he's still he's still dying on that that uh, Tom Brady's lucky hill. I'm like, and and my take has always been the same. It's like, look, you can luck is a factor in anybody's success. There's no human being on earth that doesn't have at least a, a small to sizable percentage of luck. But the guy's been to 10 Super Bowls, 10, one, seven. Like at some point you just go like, all right, it's like when, you know, when Steph Curry was coming out of college, coming out of college, I thought he'd be Jeff Hornacek. I just did. I thought he was too slight. Couldn't guard. He's not really a point. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I didn't love him. I like Johnny Flynn better. 
I just did. Johnny Flynn, ball screen, point guard. Now look, and, and it's fair. Johnny Flynn played in the triangle in Minnesota, which is a disaster for how he played, right? And Johnny Flynn hurt his hip. He's got like a debilitating hip injury. But look, I was wrong. Like you're going you're gonna to have sports takes that, that are wrong, that, that come out wrong, that you don't like, that you will. And, and my take to Rob was like, Rob, it's okay to evolve on it. It's okay to go like, hey, I saw Matt Stafford and he choked a bunch. Or I didn't. I thought he was. What's he called him? He calls him Stat Padford. Yeah, Stat Padford. Yeah, yeah. So um, Stat Padford is what he called him. Like, look, at some point you go like, "Hey, man, that guy threw. He threw an incredible ball against Tampa, and he played really well down the stretch of the NFC Championship game, and he played really well down the stretch of the Super Bowl." Like, uh, I at some point you go like, "Hey, man, I tip my cap to you," but Rob wants to die in the hill. That's okay. You're allowed to, but you can't. Block people on Twitter because they're calling you out. Because, you know, all I'd ever say is, like, somebody check on Rob Parker. And I, I couldn't find him. On, it's like, why can't I find him on Twitter? And then I searched him out. I found him on Twitter. It's like, you're blocked. I was like, why am I blocked from Rob Parker? I like Rob Parker. Yeah, it, it's, it's hard. You know, for, to do what we do for a living and to have the debates, you have to get to the point where, okay, it's a sports debate and it's not personal. And you can continue on and continue have relationship, and that's why you know what guys like Skip and, and Shannon do every day and everywhere. It's like, hey, you got you got to understand that when we're talking about this. I mean, nothing that's said is more is anything more than would be said on one of those shows. Oh, you shouldn't be able to talk sports anymore because with the, with that take, we're, we're we're talking about sports, and it's a big deal. And but you can still make your disagreements and and say I can't, you know, this is this is wrong, and I disagree with you, and I think you don't know what we're talking about, and you can still be friends with the other person at the end of the day you can still move on it'd be okay now we're not gonna be friends uh, <laughs> rob and i can be rob and i can be friends rob's deal is rob's deal is like he's like why, why don't you tweet out when i have a when i have a good take i was like rob i can't follow you now you block me i don't know when you have a good take oh boy. i just know that the tom brady one and the matt stafford one those are bad takes Oh, man. Uh, Twitter at How About a Fresca. Doug at Gottlieb Show. Uh, in for Dan and the Danettes. Uh, great stuff today, Doug. And uh, are you working today or are you off the rest of the day? I'm off. I'm going to Duke. Hey, now that's a good buy. Colin Coward coming up next, Fox.